Hello, 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 hello everyone. How is everyone doing? Long time no speak, huh? <laughs> you lucky ducks. To everyone who tuned in yesterday, thank you so much. To everyone who hasn't listened to yesterday's podcast, why don't you go back and give it a play? It's called The Freshman 15. It's a second breakfast episode. And it's all about tips on your first kind of semester of college. So give that... Um, give that a listen to share it share it around share the love share the wisdom guys shared from an an almost four-time college dropout you know nearly dropped out once every year still went strong and welcome back to the projection room um how was your sunday apologies now for this being and not really apologies but you know this is a bit later in the day but this is your lunchtime treat guys your little three o'clock pick me up okay there's only a few hours of work left um Went on my first uh, Sunday sesh in about uh, six, seven months, yeah. Um, used to be a time when the name Key and Dalton was synonymous with Sunday sessions. Um, over New York all the time. Didn't even have to be a Sunday. It would be a Sunday sesh. Um, but yeah, I don't think the Sunday sesh is for me anymore, guys. I think uh, my body was rejecting the alcohol today. Um, I smoked one cigarette, haven't smoked. Well, I had one on one kind of drinking binge during lockdown um but yeah i hadn't smoked at all really since jesus last year uh, i had one last night look i'm not going to beat myself up about it it happens sometimes unfortunately but i'll keep the resolve next time but it was just too tempting you know at the end you know and it's it's amazing we all know this now the sunday session can turn into an almighty session she'd put away seven or eight pints there not a bother and I love the way we all kid ourselves, like, going down for a few pints now, you know, just to take the edge off, you know. Um, and then you're, that's your, your money's gone. 40 hour down the drain, huh? Um, but yeah, we had a game, we had a Junior B match yesterday, a challenge game. Um, we beat Inascara, Rat Pekin beat Inascara by about a goal, I'd say, at the end. No, we did have to take three players off Inascara because we only had 12. So in the end, I guess both teams won. And isn't that what sport is all about? Taking part and everyone being a winner. <laughs> Junior B boy couldn't bait it. But anyways, guys, welcome back, projection room. We're going to be talking about rom coms today. I've watched my fair share of rom coms over the past I don't know, twenty six years, let's say. But in the past week or two I've watched a good few. I think because of cinemas being closed, you tend to watch what's on Netflix and Amazon Prime and stuff, so Especially in the last couple of weeks, I've watched um, watched a lot of rom-coms. So without further ado, this is The Projection Room. I done seen all of these movies, I done read reviews. But all these other critics leave me less amused. I still need opinions, I'm just messing, dude. But it's gotta come from The Projection Room, yeah, yeah. Yes, I thank you, Rusty Gray. Check him out on social media, Rusty Gray, rapper out of Queens, New York. And a cousin of mine, and an all-around great guy. Um... So, rom-coms, guys, the romantic comedy. Take comedy, take a bit of romance, put it together, and you'll get some of the most cliche-ridden films you'll ever see. And these two films I'm going to be talking about before I name, like, my all-time top favorite rom-coms that I watched in the last two weeks are so full of cliches. 
that it's almost off-putting. Almost. I say almost because at the end of the day, rom-coms, they're not even a guilty pleasure of mine. They're a pleasure of mine. I love a bit of emotion. I love I love wanting to tear up at a, at a, at a, at a movie. Um, so I watched, so on Netflix, I watched Love Guaranteed. It was a new release there two weeks ago, I'd say. Um, and then I watched The Broken Hearts Gallery in the cinema over the weekend. So we're going to be talking about both of those films. Um, so I watched both of them with my girlfriend. I feel like I have to qualify that because I feel like people are going to be like, is he, did he just go to watch this on his own? Which there's nothing wrong with. I'm a big fan. I'm, um, I'm a massive fan of um, going to the cinema on your own and doing anything on your own. I mean, if you're comfortable with yourself, doing things with yourself... <laughs> Doing things on your own, like, you know, going out and participating in society can be really rewarding because you're not on anyone else's schedule. You're not worried about what anybody else is thinking or doing. You're just on your own time. And that is fantastic. Sometimes, I think when I came back from New York first, I walked around Cork City a good bit on my own. And just going to the city, walk around, have a look around the shops and stuff, just on my own and explore the city, really. Um... So yeah, guys, don't judge. But no, I did. I watched these with my girlfriend. Um, so first we're going to talk about Broken Hearts Gallery. So I saw a few tweets about this movie saying that it was like the feel-good film of the summer. It was like the, the hidden gem, you know, it, It's that it's better than the trailer, which it's not. By the way, let me just get that out of the way. It's not bad. It's not the worst rom-com I've ever seen. It's not the best. It's enjoyable. Predictable, but enjoyable. So the, the main kind of storyline, I'm not going to ruin everything. I might ruin a few things because that's just what this podcast is all about, guys. Um, so we have Lucy, who is always living in the past she has a trinket or a token from every relationship she's ever had the, the opening scene is her and her two friends um can't remember their names but you know doesn't matter um i know the actress's names molly gordon and philippa sue and philippa sue is like i think she's in her 40s like nothing against that but it's just in this scene the very first scene she's playing like an 18 year old and then she plays a 26 year old for the rest of the movie. And Philippa Sue is gorgeous. Like, and she, you know, she doesn't look like she's in her late 30s, early 40s. I, I, I'm not sure what age she is, but um, I know that she is not 26 and she's not 18. So that kind of threw me a small bit at the start, just because I recognize her from, from Hamilton. But anyways, back to the story, back to the matter at hand. Um, so we have um, Lucy, played by Geraldine. Viswanathan, and you'd know her from Blockers, um, the t 2018 comedy with John Cena, where the three girls, three friends, make a pact to lose their virginity on the same night, and the parents find out, and you know, um, follow them around to the different parties going on. It's actually, I, I actually really like that movie. It's kind of, it's very funny. Um, John Cena is actually a hilarious actor. Um, and Leslie Mann, who plays another mother in the movie, she's hilarious. She's just very funny in whatever she's in. Um. But anyways, Geraldine Viswanathan, she's the, the main lead in this movie. Philippa Sue plays a friend. Philippa Sue 
um, he's only 30 years old. Jesus Christ, Keen! I I got to do my research. <laughs> Been found out, cancelled. The Rathbeacon Rambler is cancelled. Jesus Christ, she's only thirty years old, lads. Sorry about that. And Philippa, I know you're a big fan of the podcast. Um, I'm very sorry about that. For some reason, just because you're in Hamilton and Renee Elise Goldsberry, who is also in Hamilton, who plays Angelica, um, Skyler, is. Like, in her 40s. And she looks like she's in her 20s. So I just assumed. You know what happens when you assume? You make an ass out of you and me. One of my favorite, favorite jokes. Um, Philippa Sue, sorry about that, Philippa. Um, look, you'll get a free Rathpeak and Rambler uh, branded t-shirt and a cup with uh, my face on it in the mail next week. Um, so anyways, Philippa Sue and Molly Gordon are the friends. And Geraldine is like, or Lucy, the character, is um, has like a, an inhaler or a retainer from this boy she's just after breaking up with. And she's moving to New York to pursue her dream in art, to work in a gallery. And uh, then it cuts to the present day eight years later and she just gets broken up with by a co-worker and ends up getting fired on the same night. And it turns out she has trinkets from every relationship, like every relationship she's ever been in. She has trinkets, she has like toenail clippings we find out which is fucking rotten when you think about it like oh that's after i'm actually maybe it's the drink from yesterday but i'm feeling a bit nauseous after that um so then on the night that she gets fired and is broken up with she gets into a car that she assumes is her uber but it actually turns out to be nick and nick is played by dacry montgomery um i think he's actually south african I believe um he was in um this the the second season or the latest season of um of Stranger Things um as the the older brother um the really kind of hot older brother who came in with um the new girl who came in in, in the second season and is like you know making all the moms feel a bit hot and bothered under the collar um. And he was also in the new Power Rangers movie from like 2017 or something. So he he is a hotel developer trying to develop this um, property into the hotel called the Chloe, where you know it's a meeting place for all these people. He said, like you know, it's it's a stop. It's a stop on the map where you you go on. Um, and it's you know it looks great. It's a, it's fantastic. And he has friends working there. He has a friend called Marcos who's very funny. Who's um who's who's working on the hotel with him and then lucy bumps into him another time after he drops her home as her uber even though he's not the uber um drops you know lucy bumps into him again and they start hanging out and it turns out that she has a great idea for gallery now that she's unemployed she has all these things of her exes and she's going to make a gallery out of it and then the next day so she has one thing. She puts up a tie from the most recent ex and calls it the Broken Hearts Gallery. And then the next day, there's something there and more people hear about it. More people find out about the Broken Hearts Gallery and it turns into a massive thing. And then there's a whole storyline of will or will will they, won't they get together? They look really comfortable together. They have good chemistry. There's a whole storyline of will the hotel be built? There's a whole storyline of will um will the gallery you know be a success and all this so you know it's um 
it is. It's a it's a good old. It's 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 not the worst movie. The only problem is, and I should have said this at the start, but I actually wrote a review on my blog. So go check it out, Rambler at wordpress.com. The only thing is, it's so full of cliches that it it kind of loses the authenticity of the movie because it's actually not the worst idea. It sounds really interesting, and actually, someone pointed out to me. Um, my friend Jill pointed out to me that like if it, if it was done by the french or like the chinese or something or or like in spanish it would probably be an unbelievable movie it would be so so good there's just something about the european or like the the kind of foreign element that you know you don't get when it's an american movie it's so cheesy and stuff but uh you know the idea isn't bad but the last half an hour the execution is terrible and it's just so full of clichés and they're trying to get all these feel good movies in there um that it it kind of ruined it for me for me no some people might like that you know um like i did a checklist like there's the the whole cliched argument between the the main character and the love interest that could be avoided by simply talking about it and not cutting across each other as as you argue um there's the whole there's the montage where they're all like they're doing they're like you know rebuilding the hotel and she is dancing all the time and there's like is there actually music playing though or is everyone else just like oh lucy's dancing to nothing again the crazy lady oh i love her so much you know there's all this um and then there's also the question of lucy i mean lucy is a very funny character she's that kind of and again it's a cliche it's an overused trope but it's a the impossibly witty main character like coming up with pop culture references and nicknames for people on the hop like you know just you know off the top of her head like she calls someone judge judy when they're being judgmental of her she calls someone mr rogers sarcastically when they're being um cynical you know it's it's a whole thing of like this girl has tokens and memorabilia from all of her relationships she's still single she has toenail clippings oh rotten like she has toenail clippings of one of her exes in a fucking garbage bag right but she's still impossibly witty and very outgoing and extroverted and you're like in real life and i know we're in the movies guys i know we're in hollywood okay and now everything has to be real in hollywood but in real life if someone man or woman is walking around with toenail clippings of someone that they don't even know anymore in their bag they're not going to be charming they're not going to be um affable they're not going to be able to you know convince you to let them help you um with their developing their hotel you know it's it's just that but it's just one of those things like as jill said like that if that was in french or like italian or fucking you know even chinese like you're saying like or like a south korean movie You'd be like, oh, wow, this is really ahead of its time. It reinvented the rom-com genre. But it falls flat in its face because it's so cheesy. Um, oh, and the whole thing of, like, the big speech at the end and, you know, declaring the love for the main character at a highly inappropriate time um, when she's actually giving a speech about her new gallery and all this and your man rushes in and is like, I love you. And she actually turns around and is like, I'm actually in the middle of something, so maybe, maybe later maybe later daiquiri uh, um but yeah so i gave it a five out of ten which is a pretty low rating by my standards um 
I, I'm, I'm very generous with my ratings. I think I picked too broad a, a, a range out of 10 because there's so much you can do. You know, if it was five, I could give it three out of five and be like, all right, I feel like that's okay. But I give it five out of 10 um, just because of that. It was too long. It was almost two hours. It should have only been an hour and 20, an hour and 30. Um, the, the performances were good. Um, like Geraldine Viswanathan was very funny. Dakri Montgomery is, he's very, um, he's very brooding. Like he plays that role really well. Um, who else? Molly Gordon as her friend was one of her friends. You'd know her from, um, Life of the Party, that Melissa McCarthy movie from a couple of years ago where the mom goes back to college. Very, very funny too. Not a lot of people I met, I know liked it, but I liked it cause I'm, I just love stupid comedies like that. Um, Molly Gordon was the daughter in that movie, and she is very, very funny in this. Um, she's she's just brilliant. Any scene she's in, she actually steals the scene because she's very, very funny. Um, Philippa Sue is good. Um, Arturo Castro, who plays um, Nick Nick's friend uh, Marcos, is very, very funny. He's he him and Molly Gordon uh, steal every scene they're in. Um, you know, very good, very good. Uh, performances and you know it wasn't the worst there was some funny scenes it's just that last 20 minutes and the way the the way that it was so um so cliched that kind of ruined it for me not ruined it but brought it down which made it a bang average movie instead of a good rom-com and i've read a lot of reviews of the movie like and a lot of people love it it's a smart rom-com they're calling it which i'm not debating i'm just saying it's so full of cliches it's like and I said this in my review, so please go check out the review, like it, share it, um, make me rich, make me famous. Um, it's like they had a novelty dartboard with all the tropes and cliches from rom-coms from the last 30, 40 years. And they got a dart and they threw it. They said, all right, we're going to put that in. We're going to put the big fight that could have been solved earlier in the movie in. Oh, we're going to put the really inappropriate declaration of love at a really important time for our main character in there. Oh, fantastic. Great stuff. Um... And also a bit of trivia I learned, um, a, an executive producer, because Selena Gomez executive produced this movie, so I was like, wow, she's getting into films. Like, and maybe she is, but apparently a, an executive producer is someone who significantly um, promoted or funded the movie prior to release. So I actually didn't know that. So she's involved, she probably funded a lot of it, and she, and she um, promoted the hell out of it, I'd say. But that's something new. Maybe something new for you to learn as well. Um, so that was uh, the Broken Hearts Gallery. Um, I'm not sure how the cinemas are going over in America at the moment, whether they're open or not. It's open in Ireland. It's here in the Real Picture Blackpool and Real Picture Ballon. I don't know if it's melancholy, but it's definitely in the Real Picture Blackpool. If anybody is listening from Ireland, from Cork, from the surrounding areas, um, go check it out in the Real Picture Blackpool. Um, you know. It's not a waste of your evening. It's just a bang average movie for me. For me. And I do like rom-coms. I'm not shitting on rom-coms because I really like rom-coms. I love all types of movies, to be honest. Um, so that was the Broken Hearts Gallery showing now. Check it out. Um, I'm going to briefly go through um, Love Guaranteed on Netflix. Check that out on Netflix, guys. Um, because I want to go through... Um, my top five rom-coms, my favorite rom-coms, and I'm probably forgotten a few because I always, I always notice that when I'm like on Twitter and I follow a lot of film, um, Twitter pages, and they're always like, "Oh, what movie comes to mind when I when I mention this word?" And my mind draws a blank, 
it's like you're putting me on the on the spot under pressure i'm like i can't i haven't ever seen what is a movie what is this word what is this art form you speak of i only know television shows um i just can't think of it but you know hopefully no more come to me as i talk about these rom-coms so love guaranteed is on netflix and that stars damon waynes jr who you'd probably know from either new girl as coach um, I've been rewatching New Girl for like the third time recently, and I forgot how funny it is. Like I actually, oh, this is a bold claim, guys. This is a bold, bold claim. But um, New Girl possibly funnier, possibly the best sitcom I've ever watched. It's just so hilarious, and the characters are so carefree, like they are themselves. They're not. Like, the problem with Friends, as everybody knows, I think, is that the the characters became caricatures of themselves. Like, Monica became the the whiny, nagging wife when in the first few seasons she was an, this independent woman who, yes, wanted to get married and wanted to have kids, but that didn't define her. She was a chef, you know, and those things are still applicable to Monica's character later on in the in the show. But she becomes, it. that's her bit, you know. They figured out what made the money, and that's what they went with. It was fine. Um, Ross, I love Ross. Now, my friend Sarah, I do remember her always saying that Ross annoyed the shit out of her. And when you look into Ross's character, he's actually like a very kind of troubled man sometimes. Um, but I think Ross is hilarious. But Ross went from like you know being a dad, paleontologist, and all these kind of good things, and then when the show got bigger and you know they just made fun of him for all of that instead of kind of celebrating you know his his unique traits like you know they they didn't really bring ben in the last kind of few seasons they had any time like even that last is it the ninth season where they go to barbados um for ross's thing with the the um paleontology event that's just a whole piss take paleontology which is fine too but um you know it's saying and especially you notice it with joey um how joey just became an idiot like in the first few seasons joey is not the smartest he's definitely the least intelligent out of the six well him him and phoebe are probably on par and then from like season four or five on after Monica and Chandler get married, I think he just becomes an actual imbecile. Like, do you know, like that, that, like that scene with uh, that that episode where Joey has to learn French to star in a play because he put it on his resume, and it's him and Phoebe. Phoebe trying to teach him French, and Joey is uh, it says je m'appelle as plou Like that's not funny. Like it's it's not that is not good good comedy. Like when I I remember watching, I was like. This is not, this is odd, like, normally I laugh at a joke like this on Friends. But anyways, you know, that's, um, you know, it kind of went on an old ramble there, and that's why they call me the Rath Peacon Rambler. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, good night. No. Um, but I think that New Girl does does that in a way, like, you know, the characters get crazier and crazier as the, as the, um, as the show goes on but they grow as as individuals as well. You know, at the end of the the ninth, tenth season, like Joey and Friends, let's just go back to Friends, is still a womanizer, but now he's stupid and he's still not with anyone. Um you know, Phoebe is just crazy, you know, she I know she gets married, but like, you know, and Ross and Rachel are still like, you know, will they, won't they? So 
you know, new girl, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna put it out there now, guys. Let me know what you think. If you really disagree with me, if you disagree with me, DM me, slide into my DMs, and tell me what a what a horrible mistake I've made. But new girl, best sitcom I've ever watched. Um, but yes, that's where you'd see Damon Wayans Jr. His dad is Damon Wayans. <laughs> um, from my wife and kids, uh, hilarious actor. Um, and starring opposite Damon Wayans Jr. is Rachel Lee Cook. You know her from Not Another Teen Movie. Um, I couldn't believe it when I knew when I found out it was her. Like, um, but this this movie tells the story of um, Rachel Lee Cook is a lawyer, and she takes a lot of cases pro bono, which means I think that she'll only charge if they win the case. And she's not, you know, running around, you know, trying to, you know, chasing people for money. She believes in people and takes their money whenever they have it, you know, whenever they can give it to her. And Damon Wayans Jr. comes into her office to um, file a case against Love Guaranteed. It's a dating app that in their like T's and C's, they have a thing. If you don't find love after a thousand dates, we will you know, um, you, you've beaten us or whatever, you know, you will, or it's like, you will find love within a thousand dates. So he comes to them, he says, I've been on 986 dates, um, I'm going to sue them and I'm going to win. And she takes the case because he has money, they need money. And this is another thing, like, I was actually in um, Broken Hearts Gallery as well. It's the successful kind of lead protagonist lamenting their lack of success and lamenting their poverty when okay so in this movie Rachel Lee Cook's character does live in a nice house but it's because of her sister's husband bought the building and gave it to her <coughs> excuse me jeez I got a bit of phlegm caught in my throat there I was about to thought I was about to die man huh um what a Monday and but in her office they all have Apple Mac computers they have, like, um, it's just a really, really, she has her own office, and it's like, you're not stuck for money, like, like, make it more believable, like, have the office be a fucking shack, you know, um, same thing in Broken Hearts, Gallery. your one is working for, like, apparently, in the movie, one of the most talented art gallery owners, curators, um, in Manhattan, and she's almost like, I thought I'd own my own gallery by now, it's like, you're 20 fucking six years old, like, get a fucking grip, you know, um, I'm very passionate about that, obviously, but he comes in, he gives her money, so she takes the case, and then it's literally straight away, they're like, they're gonna get together, and they hit a snag in the road, because love guaranteed are like, right, well, if, um, if you fall in love with your client, you technically fell in love because of love guaranteed, and we win the case, boom, bitch, and it's kind of, it's not the most airtight argument, but that's just a gospel note. That's what's going to happen. You're going to lose the case because you fell in love with your client. And it's because of us, even though it's not really because of us. And it's all kind of up in the air. Um, and that's the basis of the movie. Is it going to trial? Will they, won't they get together? They're, you know, they're very close and they get on really well. But it's this looming thing of can't lose the trial. Um, and then it's the thing of they don't talk to each other about it, you know, like they could easily have cut the movie down to 45 minutes by her saying, look, I don't think we should get together, which she does say, but then she doesn't explain why. And your man's like, OK, she said, I don't think we should get together. She just said, I don't think we should get together until after the case, because we're going to lose this case. 
if we get together during because it would technically be because of love guaranteed. And then he would have said, oh, that's actually fair enough. Let's get the money. Let's lay low for a while and then we'll get together. No. It's a big thing of like the inappropriate declaration of love in the middle of the case. And just check it out on Netflix if you want. I would give it a solid four out of ten. Maybe a, maybe a five because I don't like giving things below a five. I don't know why. I wouldn't I wouldn't make it as a cutthroat uh, film critic, you know. But I will give my full honest opinion on the podcast because I love rambling and I love telling the actual truth. Um, yeah, not great, guys. But you know, check it out. So that kind of inspired me to uh, talk about rom coms this week because, you know. It's a genre that has so many good movies, but the bad movies are bad. You know, they're predictable. And it's the same thing. I would watch Love Guaranteed and I would watch Broken Hearts Gallery again if there was nothing on. They're just so predictable. They're enjoyable, but very predictable. Um, So that is Broken Hearts Gallery. That's out in cinemas now. Um, So go and check it out while you still can, obviously, before I go back into another lockdown. And that was Love Guaranteed. That's on Netflix. So check that out. It's only an hour and 40, hour and a half. So you're not wasting too much of your time. Something to watch. Couples will enjoy it. Um, so those were the two movies this week, guys. Um, right now, I'm going to tell you my favorite all-time rom-com movies. As I said, like I love, I love most types of movies. I'm not even sure if I have, like, a genre that I wouldn't watch, you know? Like, Hallmark movies, obviously. All those rom-coms, I wouldn't fucking... I wouldn't piss on them for, if they were on fire, man. If the movie itself manifested into an actual human being and somehow caught fire... F- <laughs> somehow caught fire, I wouldn't fucking piss on them, man. Um, really weird image. <coughs> but, yeah, maybe that genre... I haven't watched a lot of like oldies, you know, I I see a lot of people on Instagram and Twitter and they're like, oh, film enthusiast. And they're like, one of my favorite films is this little known gem from 1935. I wouldn't be me, no, like, I mean, I do like uh, Casablanca and I'm going to have to go back and watch these movies eventually. Like, but I just enjoy seeing the journey that the film industry takes now. You know, I mean, I love, as I said, I love tennis. Like that's a new kind of, you know, it's a, it's not a new genre, but you know, the, the, the filming they do, they, they did in that movie was groundbreaking. So, you know, anyways, the point is I love all types of movies. Rom-coms hold a special place in my heart. And especially, especially I love, um, kind of like British rom-coms, uh, British and Irish rom-coms. I'm, I just, for all the shit that we give the Brits, right? For all the shit and the deserved shit that they get from us for, you know, subjugating our people for 800 fucking years, right? They make the best cinema. They make the best cinema. Um, They make the best crime TV shows, Unforgotten, uh, Line of Duty, uh, Paranoid, um, Happy Valley, the best TV shows I've seen. Um, Sherlock, the TV series with Benedict Cumberbatch is so so good. Their movies, um, I just think they're brilliant. Their their comedies, the Cornetto trilogy, fuck it. I mean, like you know, just love British cinema so much. 
Um, and their rom-coms are the best as well because American rom-coms are cheesy. It goes back to what, what um, was said earlier in the podcast. Like, rom-coms from European countries have this sense of class about them. And then when you go to America, it's just cheesy. Um, uh, not all the time, obviously. No, I'm being, I'm, not, I'm being unfair in American cinema, but America or but British um, cinema trumps American cinema, okay? So... My favorite rom-coms, guys. So I was looking through some lists on online earlier, and How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days was on one of the top like rom-com lists, and I'm actually going to include it in mine because I only saw it, um, maybe four, three or four months ago on Sky Movies, and I forgot how good it was. Um, it's uh, Matthew McConaughey and um, Rachel Hudson. Is that her name, Rachel Hudson? Yeah, Goldie Hawn's daughter. Um, there, she's a journalist working for a magazine, and she's tasked with how to lose a guy in ten days. And she finds Matthew McConaughey who's a bit of a chauvinist, and the sparks start to fly, but they're trying to put it out, you know. They're and they're he also has a bet of some sort on. I can't exactly remember. And then they start falling for each other when they go back to his family, and you know that's kind of. You know the whole thing. Will they? They you know? Will they get together at the end, or will they have a misunderstanding and fall out over the whole article thing? You know. So that is one of my favorite rom coms, um, and that's an American one. So I'm covering all bases there now. Um, one that recently I watched, which I'm not sure if I can put this into the rom com category, but Dating Amber. Um, it's it's more of a coming of age kind of feel-good film, but I'm going to put it in the rom-com category because it's also about, like, a friendship and how that goes and they're, like, dealing with, you know, the their their supposed romance around the school. So I'm going to put that in there, and it's also, I just want people to watch it because it's a very, very good film. That's on Amazon Prime. It's been out for a couple of months. Um, David Frayn is the director, and he did a fantastic job with it. So I think that people should watch Dating Amber. I'm not sure if it's a. I. You know what? It probably isn't a rom com movie. There's elements of rom com in there, but it's more of a, a coming of age comedy. But definitely check it out. Um. So that is a Dating Amber. Check it out on Amazon Prime. Um. One of my favorite movies of all time is About Time. Made in 2013. Uh, Donald Gleeson is in it. Uh, Margot Robbie's in this. Rachel and Margot Robbie is not the lead, um, but Rachel McAdams is the lead, um, and she's the love interest as well, I suppose. Bill Nye is in this. Oh, it's a fantastic cast. So it tells the story of Dawn Gleeson, and he finds out, I think on his 18th birthday, um, that the men in his family can travel back in time. Now, he finds out later in the movie that some of those decisions that he makes when he goes back in time can have far-reaching consequences. You know, it could change the birth of a child, could change, you know, actual, real kind of um, decisions that people make in life. But he starts to use it to to kind of ensure that he has a chance to get with uh, Rachel McAdams' character. And goes through them falling in love and then him kind of realizing that going back in time which he has been enjoying and doing to make sure he has the perfect life sometimes isn't all it's cracked up to be um 
and I just think it's a fantastic, fantastic movie. I actually nearly cried watching it. There's a scene with um, Donald Gleeson and Bill Nye on the beach that, if anybody's watched it, they'll know exactly the scene I'm talking about. It's fantastic, fantastic movie. Um, I'm, I think it's on Netflix. I'm not sure. It's probably on Sky Movies. It's probably, it could be on Amazon Prime. But um, definitely uh, check it out. Um, I just think it's one of the one of the nicest movies I've ever watched. Do you know, I came away feeling so so good about it. Um, so that is about time. Check it out, guys! A great British rom com. Um, now I have two here starring Sam Claflin. These are the last two. Uh, well, not the last two because I'm going to talk about the actual best movie of all time at the very end. But uh, Love, Rosie, starring Sam Claflin and um, Lily, Lily Collins, who is Phil Collins' daughter. Um, Sam Claflin, I actually love him. I'd kiss him. Yeah, he's one of the guys that I would kiss if I if I had to. I, w- I don't think about kissing him all the time in the dead of night as I toss and I turn. No. Uh, <laughs> Sam Claflin, fantastic. He's a very good actor. And he's also a handsome bastard. Um, I think he's in that new Sherlock Holmes movie that's coming out on Netflix um, with Henry Cavill. But, yes, uh, Love, Rosie is um, yeah, another British rom-com. Um, brilliant, brilliant movie. Haven't watched it in years, going to have to watch it again after thinking about it earlier. But the best, the best rom-com starring Sam Claflin and definitely one of my favourite movies that I've watched in the last um, kind of five, six years was me before you um came out in 2016 um stars um, Amelia Clark and Sam Claflin and Sam Claflin is the paraplegic wealthy son of um of this couple and he he used to be he 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 became like uh disabled he became paraplegic after getting knocked down by a scooter he had this whole successful life beforehand where he was this hotshot city executive living in London. Now he's had to come home to like whatever town they're from and he goes through all his helpers, um, you know, pretty fast because he's a bit of an asshole. And then Amelia Clark comes in and she is, she is in dire need of work. She's, I think she's just been let go. There's not enough uh, work or whatever. And she becomes his um she becomes his care and it's just a fantastic movie the last scene there's a scene where they're on a plane or she's on i think they're all on a plane and there's like coming to the climax of the movie and you're not sure what's going to happen to them are they going to stay together are they going to get together and ed sheeran's song i think it's a I can't remember the name of the song, but an Ed Sheeran song comes over and just plays out of nowhere. And it's honestly like, I'm getting chills up my back thinking about it. I'm going to have to watch this. I'm going to have to go on Netflix. I'm going to have to find where it is and actually watch it this evening and cry my fucking eyes out, guys. Okay. (laughs) It's a fantastic movie. Check it out. That's Me Before You. There's a book. There's a couple of books, I think, about it. But check it out, Me Before You. A few things that have popped into my head now in the last kind of... um, the last few minutes as I was talking was um, Last Christmas starring Amelia Clark and um, that guy from um, Crazy Rich Asians. What's his name? Henry something. Last Christmas. 
it featured all the songs from Wham and it starred Amelia Clark. Um where are we? Brilliant movie anyways. And was actually better than I thought thought it was gonna be. A Christmas movie and a rom com movie. Who would have thunk it? Um Emma Thompson is also in it. Um Henry Golding. There we go. Apologies for not being uh, up on my research this week, but Henry Golding, fantastic. Amelia Clark. You can kind of predict the movie too. It's a bit predictable, but still, still a good watch. Check that out wherever you... I don't think it's on anything yet. Um, It'll probably come on Netflix for this Christmas, I would say. Um, But the last movie, and the best movie there ever was so a bit of backstory on why i love this movie so much is that me and my brothers for some reason just watched this whenever it was on um if it was on tv we'd record it and watch it all together if it was on netflix we'd watch it together i'm sure we've seen the movie about 10 times all three of us and like maybe individual times after you know on our own um i'm sure you all know what movie I'm talking about? No, you don't. It's it's probably not that great. But Leap Year, guys, Leap Year is just one of the it's the it's it's one of my favorite movies. Apparently sentimental because of the backstory of me and the bros watching it. But partly just because it's set in Ireland. Amy Amy Adams um comes over to Ireland because there's an Irish t- uh, tradition where she can um propose to her husband on the 29th of February, the Leap Year. There's the title. And then while, when she gets there, she meets um, Matthew Good, who's um, a local barman in Kerry. Um, I think they're from Dingle. I can't remember. It, but his accent, his Irish accent is terrible. Um, full of kind of Irishisms. That Are they offensive? I don't think they're offensive, but they're just kind of really dated. Um, but a brilliant, brilliant movie. Um Matthew Good and Amy Adams are actually very look very good together and it's just one of the nicest movies I've ever watched. I really really loved it. Um and I'm probably going to watch that as well soon. So there you have it guys. Those are my top um rom-coms. So I'm going to name them out again. We have How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, um About Time, definitely check that out. Love Rosie, Me Before You. Both starring Amelia Clark, or both starring um Sam Claflin, um Lily Collins in Love Rosie and Amelia Clark and me before you. I talked about Last Christmas, um a few other ones maybe you could talk about All the Boys I Loved Before. It's kind of a coming of age movie, but the first one is better than the second one. Um and finally we have Leap Year and try and find Leap Year. Try and find it online. It's it's a fantastic movie. Um and that's it, guys. That is um. That is this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, I thought it was going to be a bit shorter, actually. I didn't realize I kind of waffled on so long. Um, two podcasts in two days. It won't be like this all the time. I'll be back next Monday with an episode of The Projection Room. Um, not entirely sure on what it's going to be about yet, but tune in. Um, if you haven't listened to yesterday's podcast called The Freshman 15 about um, tips for college and how to get by in college, um definitely check it out it's on spotify it's on apple it's on google play um check it out check out the rest of my podcasts if you want um i write movie reviews on the blog check those out i had a 
post up today about um, Irish place names. I'm fascinated with Irish place names and what they actually mean. Rathpeacan, the Rathpeacan Rambler. Rathpeacan actually means the Fort of Crows. Now, does that mean that there was a ring fort here years ago that had a lot of crows around it for some reason? Or did the crows used to rule the surrounding area and evil man got them out? I'm not sure. You decide. No, check that out. It's on the blog today. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, drop me a DM if you have any suggestions for the podcast. And most importantly, guys, wear your masks. Stay safe. Socially distance. Um, you know, just let's stick together. Let's stick together for the foreseeable future, okay? Have a fantastic week. I'll chat to you next week. And I love you all very, very much. Here's Rusty Gray bringing us out. Rusty Gray. Uh, this is nothing that you've seen before. Yeah. This is not something for the green sea low. This is something that we need dope Reviews of the movies, favorite TV shows Or take you lit talks about life That's just in second breakfast Two themes in one podcast Huh, this man is restless He got just what you seek in Scrambler He is the wrath peaking Rambler